0: Welcome to the Northampton Saints podcast. In the week that the team opens its European Rugby Champions Cup campaign against Montpellier, we have an extended chat with Callum Clark about his return to action. The last weekend saw the sad passing of a true legend of Saints, England and Lions rugby, Dickie Jeeps. A scrum half, Jeeps played nearly 300 times for the Saints over 13 seasons, as well as winning 24 England caps and being selected for three Lions tours. Jeff Allen, former Saints player and now the stadium announcer on match days, played with Jeeps and took some time this week to remember the experience.
1: He came back to play one more season for Northampton. By this time he'd retired and he came back to play one more season, brought with him Andy Hancock, decent player, <laughs> and uh, we, the first game he played was down at Pontypool, awful filthy wet night. I played fly after Dickie and... Uh, we won the game, but their score. We had a five yard scrum from our line, which we won, and Dickie threw the ball. It was going to go, I had to jump to stop it going mm. over my head. All I'm succeeding in doing is dropping it uh, on the, on the, just over the try line, and their bloke, Martin Stiff, I think his name was, dived on it for a try. The pack got up, and you can imagine what a pack's like when they've just won the ball and you've conceded a try and look round to see you to blame and Dickie said my fault and I thought well that's a man you know he'd done everything by this time and to take responsibility for um and, and the, what you know conceding the trial I thought this is a, this is a, a hell of a bloke
0: so when you were named to play alongside him yeah. for the first time obviously this is a guy who's now into his 30s all of the the yeah. three lions, well they all the stats yeah. everybody yeah. knows yeah. about yeah. Um, but you're up and coming yeah. young lad you're and, 20s, yeah. Yeah, and your name to play alongside it. Yeah. what goes through your mind can you remember
1: I can't really know i I tell you what something else I'd like to say Chris is that you, you arrive at the Saints with attributes you, you've got there because you can run, kick, pass, tackle, whatever then you find out how to play the game yeah. And Dickie Jeeps and Don White in particular, but Dickie on the field that year, taught me more about how to play the game than anything else. We had a... We had, one of the schemes we had was that he insisted that the first time we won any ball, going left or right, we stood in good alignment, ran straight, ran and passed the ball out to the wings. We had decent wings. Andy Hancock, which I've just mentioned... Keith Savage, England International, British Lion. Mm. We just see what their defensive patterns were. And the ball was moved to the edge. And if we made profit, we did it again until they changed that defensive line. Because Andy Hancock could go around people. Keith was very quick. If you didn't nail him early, you'd mm. lost him. Um, but that's the, the scheme. And then, of course, if they changed things to mark our wingers who were making break, there were holes in the middle for the rest of us. But that's the sort of thing. You learn how to play the game. And he was so insistent on that. Buff Marshall had a lovely story. He used to say, Dickie Gips ruined me as a second row forward because all he ever said was, knock the ball down somewhere my side and I'll deal with it. Which he did. He, he had the quickest pass from ball available into fly half's hands. Grease lightning. It just, it just went. And that was his major attribute, really, and that's what got him a Lions account before he played for his country. You no, know, he went on third choice. He went on <laughs> third choice. He went on um, the, that Lions tour in '55, and he quickly became the number one scrum half
0: because Cliff Morgan had the ball in his hands quicker than with the other two. The how much of a legend was he in and around the town back then? Oh, he's a legend. I'm saying he was a favourite certainly. He, he
1: he because he he'd done everything. He was such a com, uh, combative player. Um, he was a bundle of energy and he 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 ran games. No question about him. I remember going against a, a Welsh side, possibly Aberavon, at the Gardens where the scrum was pitching about and Jeeps was in pulling bindings and doing everything. And the Welsh boy said. You're not referee in this game, Jeep. So he said, "That's what you think." <laughs> Slightly more colourful language, but uh, you get the gist. And he ran games, and that you learnt so much from it. Well, I think that year we lost four games in the
0: end. It's inconceivable now, given that we've got YouTube and Sky and BT and you know teenage yeah. rugby players with their yeah. show reels yeah, and, yeah. and all the rest of it, to think that there wasn't any footage really to come no. back from South Africa no. back in the no, in no, the fifties really. and sixties. It's all
1: movie tone news. That's about the only thing yeah. you had. And snatches of that, you didn't see much of that tour. You just knew that Jeeps had uh, really covered himself in glory on that tour. He was, I said earlier about how combative he was. There was also a story told of him. The old Part de France, he played for England one day, the Part de France, and um, he he had blisters on his feet, so much so that there was a steps leading up to the pitch. He he had to be carried couple of teammates picked him up and carried him up the steps and then he was on the grass and it was softer for and he was, had so much bad bliss with he played but that's, uh, well that was jeeps he was, he was he was a hard little man
0: and a prankster as well a oh, yes. uh, legendary prankster oh, so yes. um, what was the, um, what was the um... what well, one of his favorite
1: tricks uh, the, in the evening, was to say to you, "Here's a beer for later." Come up to behind you and say, "Here's a beer for later," and stick a bottle in your pocket. The trouble was the cap was off and it was upside down. And he was only wet. And by the time you realised you'd got a wet trousers, and he was across the other side of the bar giggling. He was a He was a he was a real power. He got us that particularly Pontypool game. He got us into some trouble there, but. Um, I think that's a bit on tour, stays on tour. <laughs> but he was, he was, a, he was a real character, but a wonderful
0: player. Academy manager Dusty Hare may have played for Leicester, but he was also a big admirer of Jeeps.
2: My father was a scrum half, and he loved his rugby. And um, I don't know whether it was a, a remedy of his for, to keep me quiet when it was on the grandstand, the internationals, but uh, uh, in the good old days, I'm talking 50 years ago, ago now, um, we used to watch the internationals uh, very religiously on a Saturday, and um, and obviously I was only a, a young lad, but Dickie Jeeps was a legend and and uh, and, uh, and, a, and a
0: hero of that side. You'd call him a legend. I mean, the stats alone are, are legendary: three Lions tours, thirteen Test matches, uh, you know, thirteen consecutive Test matches as as captain for England. But you know, as a player, what stood him out to be to be that much better than everybody else?
2: Well, you know, it's easy for me to say now because I've been watching a lot of rugby in my time. But I mean, he had time. He he just he was uh, how do you class it? He was, you know, a midfield maestro in, in 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 boggy rugby and, you know, kick to touch. You, you, you know, it was it wasn't rugby how it's played now. You know, be, he was behind um, some good gnarly forwards, and just kept putting the forwards in front, of, uh, getting the ball in front of the of the forwards uh, all day long. And um, you know, he, he just had that uh, real good touch, kicking and, uh, and, and and passing and running with the ball.
0: It's been interesting doing some research on Jeeps uh, for the obituary that's going into Saturday's program. And he was a um, a legendary prankster. Uh, when you got into the England side, you know, were there were there people still at, at Twickenham who remembered his japes, so to speak? Um, not as I know of.
2: I mean, I did know that he was a, a prankster. It must have been a scrum half thing because we had Steve Smith in my day, and uh, he was a bit of a bit of a lad with a, with in the dressing room. You you do need those. You need those characters in a dressing room. You need to have those, that that spirit and. Uh, and sort of takes the pressure off the off the side. I mean, even though it was in the amateur days, compared with the professional days now, um, you know, it, it's good that you have people like that in the dressing room.
0: Finally, this week we speak to Callum Clark, who recently returned to action after a year on the sidelines due to injury. I started by asking him what emotions he felt when he finally got the okay to play from the club's medical team.
3: I was a bit anxious. I wasn't sure I was going to hold up, um, but I got through the. The game up at Newcastle for the um, for the Wanderers and um, yeah, I, I just been, been working from there really and building up each week and uh, yeah, it's been been a long old road. Yeah. At the
0: season ticket holders forum, the you know um, your well being came up as a topic and one of the things that Jim said was in that forty minutes at Newcastle, you made something like about twenty tackles. Yeah. Is it? Important for you as a back rower is it getting that first one under the belt to know that everything's as it should be? How important is that?
3: Yeah, uh, of course it's it's important, but in that game, like we didn't have the ball at all for forty minutes, so any, anyone's going to make twenty tackles. It was it was it was a tough workout, and um, uh, I'm still kind of. Finding my feet and trying to get back to a level that um, i feel is acceptable. Um, we just still got a bit of a way to go personally and
0: and as a team. Is that um, we'll talk about the team in a minute? But personally, is that the the hardest thing about coming back when you've had such a long time out? Is to is to get back up because, you know, you know we we've spoken in with with ITV today about getting back up to speed and up to whatever. But the game mo- must have moved on massively in in, in that twelve months.
3: Uh, yeah, I, I hold myself to pretty high standards and expect a lot of myself personally. And um, I'm always looking for improvement. So uh, when you're coming from when you're basically starting from nothing to to get back to a level that you you accept you you're happy at is is tough. Um, but I keep keep fighting and keep trying to get there
0: when you were warming up for the exeter game you know you did the full lap and you know you got a standing ovation from from the saint supporters what did that mean to you
3: yeah i have to say i'm very grateful for the support of um the fans and they were very kind on that night and i'm you know very very thankful for what you know their uh, their applause and their their you know welcome back so Yeah, it's all throughout. You know that you bum you in someone in Sainsbury's and they say, "Oh, no, hurry up, hurry on back, whatever." And I guess you don't really appreciate the time. Um, you know, probably not in the right place to to deal with it. But you know, huge thanks to to anyone who did that, and uh, uh, you know, it's it's important for to to recognise that, and, and they're very very. Um, you know
0: kind of hands in terms of um, the, the time away and, and does it make you um, I don't know if appreciates the right word but does it make you a, approach the the job as a rugby player in a different way as being a part of a club like this in a different way than, than say when you come in and you're straight on on the on the playing treadmill so to speak
3: yeah I, I think you very quickly lose a bit of lose perspective when you get caught back up in it and you you back into the right business, you know how we're we going to win this week, and then um, and it just take moments of sort of. I have to force myself to reflect and look back a little bit, um, and so. Like I said, while I am very harsh on myself and expect a lot of myself, I do need to sort of realise that okay, um, take that time to reflect and just be be grateful what I can.
0: Two first team games under your belt in the Aviva Premiership, and that's Europe. How exciting is that?
3: Yeah, I'd, yeah, they're special, special games in in Europe. And it's a, a tournament that we have to be a part of if we want to be, um, you know, consider ourselves a, a top club. Um, but you know, being a part of it, we've been a part of it for a while, and um, we actually want to push on and be successful in it. Um, so it's no good just turning it off. <laughs> what are you expecting out of Montpellier this week? Um, I think you know they're going pretty good guns in the, uh, in, in the top 14 and um, I, I expect confrontation. I expect physicality. Um, I expect a pretty well executed game plan um, from, from them and their you know their coaching. Watch, watch, the footage of them. They're they're well drilled and, and organised. And someone with Jake White's experience will bring that to to a team. So um, you know we've got to find a way to to counter that and and deal with what we're expecting.
0: The uh, team's performances. You know you alluded to earlier on about the team needing to step it up in some respects. And nobody hates performing badly and nobody hates losing. But in some respects. Was last weekend's game at, at the Stoop a bit of a timely kick up the backside after some good performances, but then kind of focusing everybody's mind on the need to, to perform at the highest level every week?
3: Well, it's, I mean, I, last season should have been a big enough kick up the backside. The season before losing out in the semi-finals was, was a kick up the backside. It's, we can't keep, keep saying that. Um, so... If we're still relying on that now. I think there's we've got some problems, but um, but you've got to you've got to still react as best you can. And um, like you like you said there, that w- w- last week was by no means acceptable by our standards, and, and for me personally as well. So we're, we are devastated about that result, and and keen to to do something about it.